You have the American dream. You own your own business. But owning a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful small business visioneer, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for helping Small Business Celebration reach a significant milestone. If you are listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear an example of why. 1,500 plus small business owners connect with Small Business Celebration on a weekly basis. When you consider Kern County has just over 10,000 small businesses, 1,500 plus weekly connections is significant. We thank the tremendous content that our Visioner guests continue to provide to this podcast and you, Visioner Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, internalized our guests' valuable insight, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Our visioneer today is Dr. Dana Yeoman of Second Smile Denture Care. And when you walk into her office and her clinic, you'll notice that it's a very great combination of strength and comfort. And that brings us to why we're here today is because Dr. Dana has a tremendous amount of empathy. And this is very significant in what she does because she does dentures for people, which is very much a life-changing event. And give them grace with their problems. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you, Michael, for having me. I'm enjoying becoming a visioneer with you. <laughs> and thank you. And tell us a little bit about empathy. Sure. I think that you're, you're right on the money when you say that, um, that getting dentures is a life-changing event. Mm. Um, people are usually dealing with a lot of shame and guilt, um, just being, being dealt a, a bad hand you know, genetically or uh, health-wise growing up. Um, and they've learned to fear dentists. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've learned to to just be in terror anytime that there's a dentist around. And so I like being uh, open and welcoming. I want them to not feel like they're coming into a dental office, but, you know, more of a, someone's home, Mm-hmm. This is this is where you can be comfortable and talk about things, and um, knowing that there's a lot of shame and a lot of guilt that comes with uh, problems with teeth, I want them to know that there isn't any judgment here, and that we understand. Is the idea that the reason you need dentures is because you never took care of your teeth in the first place, or is there often more to it than that? Well, there's a lot more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, a lot of the stories that I hear, they're, they're just heartbreakers. You know, it's my parents had eight kids and the only time we went to the dentist is if something was, you know, broken out with falling off a bike or something was infected and hurt. Uh, but nobody did any preventative care. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't see a toothbrush until I was 13. I, you know, a lot of these stories or, or some tragic accident at work, um, just there's there's a number of of things that you know a lot a number of stories mm-hmm. it isn't just you know shame on you you didn't you know pick up a toothbrush or floss your teeth because you know 
honest truth is probably there are not a lot of people flossing their teeth like they're supposed to, but <laughs> <laughs> including me sometimes. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it isn't about that. And everybody's gone through their journey. And I think understanding where they come from and understanding their fears is, is a big part of, of being able to help them uh, come out of their shell. Mm-hmm. People who either don't have any teeth or are in a lot of pain or are wearing dentures that they can't use well, they are some of the loneliest people because they don't want to go out in public. Mm. They don't want to meet with friends for dinner. I mean, a lot of us, when we're social, we're doing it with a meal or with appetizers or, you know, it's it's usually around food. Mm-hmm. Holidays, it's all about food. Mm-hmm. And the ones who can't eat well or are afraid to, to smile big or you know, they just have this... This sense of, I need to stay home. I need to stay away from the public eye. Mm-hmm. And those, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's such a tragedy to become a hermit because you just can't trust your dentures. And one of the things that I really enjoy about your clinic is it doesn't matter where you go. There are pictures on the walls of the before and after. Mm-hmm. And you've got patients that, you know, I'm sure they absolutely dread the first picture that you, you take because a lot yes. of them, you know, their mouth is mostly closed and they're kind of grimacing. Mm-hmm. And yet after they've got their dentures in, they're just glowing and beaming. Yes. And that's a, that's a thing that we haven't been able to understand, but it shows in their eyes. I haven't fixed their eyes. I've just given them a natural smile and try to bring back what they used to look like if they liked what they looked like. Um we try to recreate that for them from photographs from when they're in high school, college, whatever, you know, just anything that is signature to them, we try to reproduce it. And suddenly you see their eyes sparkle. You see their cheekbones more defined. They, they have a lot more um, self-assuredness in these pictures. Mm-hmm. And that's a really beautiful transformation to be able to, to help them go through. And one of the other things that I've noticed, too, when looking at these pictures is the wide range of ages that your yes. patients have. I found that, you know, personally, I thought old dentures were an old people problem. Right. You know, it is a, a very wide variety of people. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the youngest was 15. Wow. Right. And, and you know, he pretended like he didn't care, mm-hmm. but... Once we got him with a brand new smile, excuse me. Once we got him with a brand new smile, uh, he clearly cared, and he was out getting dates and being the man about campus, and that was kind of fun to see that. Um, but uh, I think that there are a lot of people that that believe they're too young to be wearing dentures, and that's part of the stigma of why they're afraid to, to seek me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do see a lot of young people. It's um, certainly in their 20s or 30s or 40s. All of that is, is very normal. At Claro Tire Company, we know that you want to be safe and secure riding on tires from a family who cares about your family as much as we care for our own. In order to do that, you need quality tires from a family you trust. The problem is, is that there are a hundred different national tire stores in town and their buying process is a chore and they treat you like a faceless number. We believe that you and your family are an extension of our family. 
We understand the noise you feel with the hundreds of faceless different tire companies that treat you like a faceless number. And that is why we at Clearwood Tire Company have one of the largest repeat customer bases in Kern County for the last 77 years. Here's how we do it. When you come into Clearwood Tire, you're not just a number, you become family. We select the specific tire that's the safest for your family, your car, and your budget. We install your tires and give you an unconditional guarantee on your tires. Join the Clarou Tire Company family at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield, California, or call us at 661-324-6069 or find us on our website at clarutire.com. That's C-L-E-R-O-U tire.com. Stop the feeling of faceless confusion from 100 different national tire stores. Join the family with the Clarou Tire Company family. You'll be glad you did. Clarou Tire Company, 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield, California. Or call us at 661-324-6069 or find us on our website at clarutire.com. That's C-L-E-R-O-U tire.com. I'm currently with Dr. Dana Yeoman of Second Smile Denture Care, and we're talking about dentures and the dental field. And one of the things that I wanted to find out from you is that there's a big controversy going along, and it's this is not anything new. This has been going on for several years between the difference between dentures and dental implants. And how do you discern the difference between the two and what you need and that sort of thing? Well, that's a big question. So, uh, dental implants are really a pretty wonderful invention, Mm -hmm. right? They are made out of titanium. They go into the bone, the bone grows to it and fix it, fixates it there. It doesn't, doesn't come out Mm -hmm. if everything goes, goes right. And if you're missing a single tooth in front, when you smile, that is perfect for that. Right. Um, so then they figured out that dentures, of course, they are held in there by, suction and control, right? You have to learn to control a set of dentures. And a lot of people can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people struggle, especially if uh, they've had a stroke or you know they just have a habit that doesn't allow for them to keep it still. Uh, tongue thrust, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, putting a, a couple of implants under a lower denture is, is wonderful. Mm. It's, uh, it counteracts all the all the natural things that we do, sneezes and coughs and you know, <laughs> licking an ice cream cone and things like that. Right? <laughs> and, and so it, it's really great for the right people. Uh, some people choose to get them on top too. And um, it's nice that there's a range of them. They're the kind that just snap in and out. You can clean them, put, put the dentures back in. I'm sorry, the implants don't snap in and out. <laughs> the dentures themselves snap into the implants that are fixed. Uh, and there is also a uh, much more involved uh, form of that where the dentures don't come out at all. And that's they call that a hybrid. It's in there uh, until the dentist takes it out and cleans it for you, usually two, three times a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are nice. I mean, that's it's not going anywhere. Um, it has some drawbacks in that it is a little harder to clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and... As far as cost goes, that one is is substantial, and but the people that have it love it. Good. Yeah. Now explain to us a little bit on the process of a patient coming in, because I think most of our listeners are very familiar with going to the dentist. 
But when it comes to applying it to a business and your ability to empathize with your patients, what is your technique and, and how do you go through it and make the, the patient feel comfortable, and especially in, since most of them don't really want to be here in the first place? I get told that a lot. You've probably heard this before, but I really don't like dentists. So I just decide I want to be one that, that people like, and I can't be the perfect person for every personality, but I do try to, to listen. I think that's the most important thing. Uh, I've been to, you know, other, other offices, physicians, you know, just threw up with my family and it's like, wow, that guy just didn't hear a thing I said to him. And, yeah. and I hate that feeling. Um, I hate being in a position like that. And so I try to not be like that. And, uh, so we set up a first appointment that is hour and a half, two hours. Wow. And that's our introduction. You know, what do you, of course, what do you need, but what do you want? Mm -hmm. Those are, those are big questions. And a lot of times they line up and a lot of times they don't. And it's good <laughs> to find that out ahead of time because it's not good to find that out later. Right. Um, but I think it, it's the chance for them to tell their story. Mm-hmm. And some people will go back to all the way. When I was three, <laughs> I got valley fever, and it's like, oh, boy, here we go. But but they want to tell their story. They want to be heard. They want to know that um, their concerns are going to be addressed. And so after giving them that chance to talk, and then I say, okay, this, this is the kind of thing I do that I do well. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of thing I don't do or I don't do well. So this is, this is my sweet spot. Do we line up? Mm -hmm. Is this something that appeals to you? And it's, it's good for them to hear me explain the process, to, to show them examples, demos, pictures. This is what it's like start to finish. This is about how long it's going to take. These are your challenges. I think that's mm. a big one. Mm -hmm. um, because if you've never worn a set of teeth before, a set of dentures, it's probably about the third month where you go, I don't know why I made this choice mm. and it's pretty consistent and I know it's coming. So I want to tell them it's coming. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when, then when it hits, it can say, yep, we talked about this, this first day. Mm. You remember this? And, oh yeah, yeah. You said I'd be here <laughs> and we are right. And, and, but, but then right, we're together. We're doing this as a team mm -hmm. instead of, you know, like, I feel like I'm making excuses later on or, or they're just unhappy. Well, and this is one of the keys that is transferable to a lot of other businesses because what you've done is you've you've brought in the clients, you've brought in the patient, and you've given them a roadmap of expectations. Mm -hmm. And you've given them the information that they need to be able to make an educated decision. And at the same time, you've given them the hope. And you've given them what the end result is going to be. And so that roadmap is crucially important, and that's transferable to any business. Sure. No, I think that is important. The the expectations and what it's going to look like as best as you can. It's, it's easy to just dump too much information on them. Um, but I think what I've heard over and over again is, wow, no other dentist ever sat down to explain this to me. Mm. And uh, a lot of times I can kind of tell I, it, we're not going to be a best fit, but I tell them I don't mind spending this time with you because I think you should be educated in what your mouth needs. And if you choose to go somewhere else, you can still make the best decision for your mouth, for your lifestyle, for your health, uh, based on what you've learned here today. 
And I think this is maybe one of the reasons why you have patients from not just outside of Bakersfield, not just outside of Kern County, not just outside of California, but you have patients that fly in from out of state. Yes, and I actually have one from Aberdeen, Scotland. Wow. (laughs) Yes. Now, I'm lucky that he comes to visit his daughter that is located here, but he does come out to see me. He's, He's a favorite. As a small business owner, you are a visioneer, a pioneer with vision. But sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees. You know where you want to go. You know what you want to do and have but you need a confidential second set of eyes to help you get there. Small Business Celebration can be those eyes. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session. See the forest through the trees. Realize your vision. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session today. We're talking with Dr. Dana Yeoman here of Second Smile Denture Care, and we're talking about empathy and why it's so important in working with your your clients and your patients. And you happen to have a, a pair of ambassadors here. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll call them four-legged ambassadors. ambassadors. Tell us a little bit about that. All right. So part of that fear of coming to the dentist, right, the sterile... Um, Everything's so clinical, that dental smell that's embedded in our heads, you know, that, oh, it's just all that is what you expect. And, and I right, try to break that down a number of ways. And one of them is by having a therapy dog. And uh, Birdie has been here since 2014, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, she's been kind of the the cheerful face (laughs) people come (laughs) to see her instead of me (laughs) she's a standard poodle Uh um so she's about a 40 pound dog and and uh so she's sizable but uh just a very low energy gentle creature and her superpower is to just curl up in the room and take a nap and when she looks relaxed the patient starts looking relaxed too nice yeah and and she was doing this for a lot of years and and after a while she's like i don't know yeah she's a dog she'd rather chase squirrels and run after rabbits but she she knows when she's here she's working Mm -hmm. and she loves being loved on but but you could tell that it was time to bring in some some new blood so we brought in natty couple years ago almost and uh trying to go through the training to be get her certification too Mm -hmm. but she's the more social energetic of the two so the people (laughs) that like that social energetic dog get uh, you know just a whole lot of love um she just asks for attention and she she wants she wants your your focus and your love and, and it's hard to be scared when you have your fingers in, wrapped up in those curls and those floppy ears, it's, it, a lot of people I've seen just watch the the anxiety drain off of them. It just rolls off their shoulders, and that's a beautiful thing. And there have been a couple times where I left them at home for some reason. I thought, oh, no, 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 this is bad. I got a patient here. He needs this dog. <laughs> and fortunately, I don't live too far away, and I will take a quick swing out, pick up my doggo, bring her back in. And she just goes in there, and it's usually, you know, if we need low energy, I bring in, bring in Birdie, and she just comes in, looks them in the eye. They look at each other and do some, some ear rubbing, and even if that's all it is, you see their, their whole demeanor changes yeah. almost instantly. So it's, it's cool. I, the, the science says that a therapy dog will bring down your blood pressure 
while they're there, mm-hmm. but it stays lowered for the next 45 minutes after the dog is gone. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I just am really lucky to have the type of practice that I can do this. If I were a flat-out you know, oral surgeon or something, I don't think a dog would fit in that sort of environment. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like you know, we keep our kitchens clean. We keep, you know, all this. But, but the dogs can come in and visit uh, the patients and, and be there if, if they want them. And if mm-hmm. they don't want them, then we just put them away. There, there are people that aren't so much into dogs, and that's okay. They just go and take a nap inside my, my private office. And then, you know, when the next person asks for them, then we bring them back out again. Yeah. What would you consider as one of the challenges that you face having a significant amount of empathy that you have in running your business? Well, as a business owner, so it's, I think that one's tough um, because you want to you help everybody. Mm. And that is hard because not everybody wants to be helped, even though they say they do. Right. Um, or you, you just, right, you, you can't always fix all the problems with a smile. A smile will fix a lot of things. I've right. had an alcoholic quit drinking. I don't know how I did that, but it worked. <laughs> um, you know, I've just, a lot of different things. Get being able to, to get jobs or reconcile with family members. are just some really beautiful things, but can't, can't fix them all. But it, boy, that breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to. Mm-hmm. And so I will, I'll hang in there a lot longer than I think other dentists would because, you know, I know I'm losing money, but I want them to feel that victory. Mm. And uh, that, that's hard. And I think from the point of view of, um, of an employer, that one's tough because um, I, can, I can excuse a lot of inappropriate behavior because I'm like, well, she was having a bad day, and I feel that, you mm-hmm. know? And, and wow, I just got, you know, chewed a new one by a, an employee, and that's just not okay. But, <laughs> well, gee, but I understand because things are rough at home. And, and so it's hard for me to keep the boundaries. Knowing enough about my employees' lives, I, I love to keep in touch with what they're doing and, and support them. Um, and I've got two of them that are trying to get into hygiene school and I think that's fabulous. And, and, you know, it's, I just want to promote them. I want to support them, but I, I recognize that I pay the price in, in some ways when they're gone to school mm-hmm. and, uh, we get overloaded with patients and we're scrambling and nobody's there to answer the phones, but man, boy, I want those girls to do well. Mm. Um, I think the other problem I have is it takes me I've gotten it down to two weeks but it once took me two years to fire somebody (laughs) wow okay sure sure. because I kept putting it off and I don't like conflict that's that's another thing um but right it's like well I feel sorry for them or this or that or it's close to Christmas or it's close to Thanksgiving it's close to their birthday it's you know and I can Mm -hmm. I can keep putting it out and, and realize that I'm engulfed in some really toxic interactions dynamics and um, at the same time, well, so I'm getting better with a lot of coaching, a lot mm-hmm. of business coaching. I, the last one took me two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, but, but you illustrate something that's vitally important that a lot of business owners sometimes have challenges with, which is acknowledging your blind spots mm-hmm. and acknowledging what you, you, what you have problems with. And the question now is, is what are you doing 
to help overcome those or help mitigate some of these drawbacks? What are you doing in your business to help mitigate some of those challenges you have? So that's a good question. So I've had a consultant now for the last, well, I've had several consultants, but this one has been with us for 12 years. Mm. Yeah, and I your consultant knows you well. She knows me well, and she has a good empathy with me. She knows when to push me and when not to push me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I need to step up, she's there behind me. She won't do it for me, but um, she's she's right behind me. Uh, one of the things that, that she helped empower me to do was to actually give the uh, hiring process over to two of my employees so that I trust their judgment. Mm. And that didn't seem like a good idea at the time, but I realized the benefit is if they do the hiring, of course I get to approve and Mm -hmm. and have my say, um, but then they can also go back and do the firing as well. Mm -hmm. And that takes me out of the line of fire, the conflict. Mm -hmm. And so sure enough, the first time it happened, you know, it, it, it became a problem and and it was time to to let her go, and it was close to Thanksgiving, and one of the girls stepped up, and she's, Dr. Dana, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> she's going to be all right. right. And I'm like, you're right, and she's not all right here, and we got to help her find the right fit. Mm-hmm. But it, it's certainly reframing, because I, I will just, I'll take people's side until, until it just isn't isn't okay anymore. Sure. Yeah. And the key to me, it sounds like is finding the right employee who has the personality traits. That's almost diametrically opposed to yours and being yes. able to trust that person well enough yes. to be able to make those decisions on your behalf. Sure. I've had a hard time with that because I am an, a non-conflict person. Uh, I like peace. I like everything to go well. Um, I want people to enjoy their time here, whether they work here or just come as a patient um, or even a caretaker, you know, with mm-hmm. someone's grandma. You know, I just want them to have a nice time here. Um, I have found that very strong personalities clash with me because eventually they start telling me how, at least this has been my journey, they start telling me how to run my business. Mm-hmm. But they're more of go-getters. They're more, you know, and um, and sometimes they're correct. And other times I... It, it took me a while to figure out they were pulling the decision-making away from me, which is different than granting it. Mm. And it's taken me a lot of years to figure out who I don't hire that way. Mm. Um, and I'm really blessed right now to have somebody who has enough of that step up, but a lot of gentleness and a lot of sweetness. So she knows how to handle me <laughs> and she can come up into the conflict without batting an eye. <laughs> And I am so grateful for that because I know that she's not going to turn that on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, I've I have learned. I'm not a, a not a strong leader, but I have learned to be a quiet one. You've taken over the business mm-hmm. from your father. He mm-hmm. has retired. Mm-hmm. And what have you done in the last four or five years that's made the business genuinely your own and not just your caretaker for your father? That is a really good description because I think I was a caretaker for a long time. Mm. He definitely set it up for me, which was a blessing. Mm-hmm. And he says, okay, here, I've made it. Now go, mm. you know, make it run. And so that was, that was status quo for a, a lot of years. We're talking what it's getting to be 12 years now. Mm. 
And so the last four, four and a half years, um, I discovered a, a, another, another procedure that I could add to this. Um, I was finally able to, to purchase a laser. They mm-hmm. finally came down in cost. <laughs> <laughs> so that they became a household item. And uh, I was using that on my denture patients to um, release tongue ties. That is an actual thing. Mm-hmm. There's a little string under your tongue that holds your tongue to the floor of the mouth. And if it is short and tight, it, you, know, you try to lick that ice cream and out comes your denture, right? Wow. So um, I started there. And the, uh, the fellow that got me into another direction with lasers was Dr. Jesse, who um, was my professor at Loma Linda. And he's, he told me, he says, I'm doing this for newborns that are failure to thrive, that can't eat, mm. they can't nurse, um, they're having swallowing difficulties, they're, you know, they're, all, all these problems. And he says, I just release that little string Mm-hmm. with a laser and all of a sudden they're nursing normally and the mothers are are comfortable they're not just getting chewed alive and they're bonding better with their babies hmm. and well, what a thing and so he told me that i would be good at it and he encouraged me to come uh come shadow him and, and work with him and uh he says i've seen 20 people from kern county in the last week he says i need you because i can't see them all I'm in Riverside, you know, Loma Linda area, mm-hmm. and they're coming three and a half hours to see me. They need you. Wow. And uh, you're right. There's not a lot of people doing this procedure. So uh, so I got this laser. I got a little bit of courage and uh, realized that a baby's mouth is a whole lot like an older person's mouth with no teeth. I mean, that's just <laughs> what it is. It's just a, a miniature scale. Right. Right. And uh, so... When I finally, you know, he, when I finally got all the, the equipment and everything put together and he says, oh, by the way, I just referred somebody that called in from Kern County to you. They'll be seeing, you know, they'll be calling you and you'll see him next week. And I, oh boy, here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Sink or swim. Sink or swim. And, and it was terrifying. I mean, yeah, I admit, I was so glad I had the therapy dog because I was the one <laughs> afterwards on the floor holding that dog. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's. It has opened up a new thing, and and I was on this you know one track business, and it was really hard to shake the the sacred cow mm-hmm. and try something new, and and it was innovative, and that was not my forte because I was kind of trained up in my dad's business from the time I was a teenager, and this is how we do it, this is how it will always be done. And, you know, I'd kind of change little things here and there. And if he found out about it, oh boy. But this, he had <laughs> nothing to go on. Right. He was just was amazed. And he has totally supported me on this. And uh, I'm sure he's glad he's not doing it. But, uh, you know, he's really glad that I am. And so I sometimes we see, I don't know, 25 babies a month. Wow. And they're just, I see the ones that are struggling to eat that are, you know, causing a lot of pain to their mom. And they just, you know, they come in and, and they've already been checked by a lactation consultant who's certified, um, sometimes have body work done to make sure it isn't just a pinched nerve. And if they're still suffering, then I look in that and it's, and it's like, yeah, this is something I can fix. Mm. Yeah, so. And this has become a significant part of your business. It has. I think it's, it's very rewarding. Um, 
because it's sometimes it's instant change. Mm. And uh, just yesterday I had a mom, she was so excited. She came in so apprehensive and the dad wasn't sure. And they had so many questions and they're very stern. And she was one of the lucky ones. It's about 50% that notice it instantly. And mm. then the other ones have to work for it, but mm-hmm. they usually get there. Uh, but she got it instantly and she was practically in tears and wanting to do selfies and pictures with me in the front room with her baby. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this feels so good to make that much of a difference. You know, we were both in tears. And it's it's such a quick little thing. Wow. Yeah. And so life-changing. It's life-changing. And the thing to keep in mind with all this is the reason why this has all happened is that you are willing to take a look at new technologies, mm-hmm. new discoveries, mm-hmm. and then apply them to your existing business and have it evolve and change and grow. Yes. And yet at the same time, keep the root soul of your business mm-hmm. of making monumental life-changing activities happen to your patients. Well, yeah. Because it starts off with a with a denture and a new smile, and mm-hmm. then it's a, a crying mother in the in the lobby. In the lo- yeah, tears of happiness, that kind of crying. <laughs> but yes, in <laughs> <laughs> both those things feel very good when when everything just goes well, goes smoothly, and and you see that that change. That's the man. That's the big endorphin hit. That's what keeps me going on those hard days. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll remember her, you know, when, when I'm having a rough day, I'll be like, yep, but you know, that's what gets you up in the morning. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Very good. Well, very good. Well, Dr. Dana, this has been a pleasurable interview. You've given us a lot of really good information on this, on empathy and actually how to apply it to people's businesses, other small business owners and visioneers businesses. And we thank you for being on the Small Business Celebration Podcast. And in case anybody wants to get in touch with you, give us some information. Well, sure. The easiest way is to call my office. Uh, The number is 661-325-1263. But you can also email us at secondsmiledenture at gmail.com, just spelled like it is, secondsmiledenture at gmail.com and um i have a couple websites one to deal with dentures and one to deal with babies and so of course it's www.secondsmiledenturecare.com and also it's www.thebabylasersuite.com so that's t-h-e-b-a-b-y-l-a-s-e-r-s-u-i-t-e so the baby laser suite, and that's what we named it. Very good. Well, mm-hmm. very good. Well, Dr. Dana, Bertie, Natty, we thank you both, all three, for being on the <laughs> podcast. Well, thank you. And it's been a pleasure, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, too. I've been asked, who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business owner who's a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. 
Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Become a visioneer by joining the tribe on Small Business Celebrations Facebook page and on Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.